0: I'm going to speak to you today on Jesus, the revelation of the Father. Jesus is the revelation of God. If you want to know the Father, you've got to know Jesus first. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. I want us to look at the Gospel of John chapter 14. John chapter number 14, and we're going to read, From verse 8. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that your word is blessed in the heart of everyone that's listening. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer that I might declare your word here today. I ask in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit shall breathe upon this word and you shall give each one a revelation of who Jesus truly is. The Lord, not one person will sit under the sound of your voice and leave this place the same way as they came. We give you the honor and the glory for all that shall be accomplished today as a reason of your word. For you sent forth your word and healed them, and your word delivered them out of all their destruction. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. John chapter 14, we read from verse number 8. Philip said to him, Lord. Show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus is the revelation of God. Jesus is the revelation of the Father. He said, he who has seen me, Jesus, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me. Everyone say he dwells in me. My Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So Jesus is the revelation of the Father. Jesus is the revelation of God. If you truly want to know the Father, you must first know Jesus. It is impossible to truly know the Father without knowing Jesus. Impossible. And that is why religion focuses on their own human ability to reach God. That is what religion does. Religion tells you to do all kinds of things so that you can gain access to God. Because religion does not know God. Religion is man's way to get to God. But God has made available a way to get to Him, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. In actual fact, we are not the ones trying to get to God because God got to us already. God so loved the world, and He gave His one and only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish. But have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world might be saved through his son. So we understand that God in his love and in his mercy and in his grace reached down to us and introduced to us freedom, salvation, and deliverance. By grace are you saved through faith. It is not your works. It is the gift of God. But religion is always trying to get to God. Religion thinks that the more you do good things, the more God appreciates you. Religion thinks that if you do good stuff, you buy your way into heaven. So religion does not know the Father. In actual fact, it is only in Christianity that God is referred to as Father. God is our Father. Come on now, say amen. amen. Religion also paints God out to be this angry uh, and, 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 and upset God who has a big stick in his hands and he is about to judge and to punish. And this is the reason why so many do not want to have anything to do with God because religion paints a picture of God as an angry God who has a big stick in his hands and is going to whack you up the side of the head whenever you make a mistake. That is the reason why so many are running away from the Lord. Listen, it's important what we preach. We cannot go about preaching judgment. Judgment. We've got to go about preaching the goodness and the grace of God. We do not live in the dispensation of law. We live in the dispensation of grace. Come on now, say amen. Amen. The Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus. So we live in the dispensation of grace. Come on now, somebody shout amen. amen. You see, it is what people preach. That either invites people or turn them away. And so many have being turned away because of the message that they have heard. The message that we preach is good news. This is not the bad news. This is good news. The gospel is good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel or the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Notice the power of God unto salvation, not unto bondage unto salvation, unto freedom, unto deliverance. So Jesus came to show us that God is good. Jesus did not come to show us that God is about to beat you up. No, he came to show us that God loves you and God wants to forgive you and God wants to fill you with his spirit. Come on now, say amen. Jesus came to show us that you don't have to die and go to the devil's hell. Jesus came to show us that he loves you so dearly. That is the reason why he has made available to you everything for life and godliness. That is why you've got to study the life of Jesus. When you read the Gospels, you will see that he went about doing good stuff. Jesus did not go about putting judgment and condemnation on people. When they brought Jesus, the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, and the Bible tells us the men came and said, uh, well, Rabbi, you know, according to the law of Moses, she should be stoned to death. And Jesus stooped down and began to write on the ground. The Bible does not tell us what he wrote on the ground, but probably he was writing stuff that these men did the previous day. Because he knew everyone's secret. Come on now. Here you are trying to judge this woman. Here you are trying to trying to cast stone on her. But yesterday night, what were you doing? And the funny thing about this story, is it not interesting that they brought the woman alone? Where is the man? If you caught her in the act. And by the way, what were you doing peeping? Yeah, how did you know she was committing sin you must have been looking you see and then you came with the woman you left the man you let the man run away or you release the man because your motive is evil your heart is bad so you bring the woman and you are about to put jesus in a very tight corner See, that's what religious people will do. They'll try to put you in a very tight corner. And they did that with Jesus over and over again. But thank God, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Every time they try to put him in a tight corner, he put them in a tight corner. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And he stooped down and he began to write. And he said, if any of you have not committed sin, let that person cast the first stone. But you see, the words of Jesus will cut through to your heart. If you've got no sin, then stone the woman. And the Bible tells us that they dropped their stones from the eldest to the youngest. And they all left. And Jesus lifted his head and looked at the woman and, and asked her, where are your accusers? You see, Jesus is not the one who accuses. God is not the one who accuses. Jesus came to show us the disposition of God to humanity. Where are your accusers? The woman looked around and the woman said, I do not have any. They've all gone. Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Come on now, say amen. Amen. See, the only person in this whole story that could accuse the woman and that could judge the woman was Jesus. Because he was the sinless lamb of God. He walked the face of the earth. For 33 and a half years and did not sin. The Bible tells us that he was tempted in every area. But he never sinned. So the only one that was able or had the right to judge the woman was Christ. But instead of judging the woman, he gave the woman grace. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now what is Jesus revealing to us? Jesus is revealing to us the father's disposition to sinners. You hear some people preach, it's all about judgment. God's going to judge you. God's going to send you this. God's going to send you that. God's going to do this to you. God's going to beat you up. God's going to kill you. No, God is not about to kill you. God loves you and God wants to forgive you. Yes, the day of judgment is coming, but the day of judgment is not today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of liberty. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day of experience and the grace and the goodness of God. Today is the day of jubilee. Let every captive be set free let everyone that is bound be set free be delivered because the sinless lamb of God that came to take the sin of the world away has come and walked upon the face of the earth and he paid an amazing price with his precious blood and the blood of Jesus is still speaking at Calvary and if you come in faith and you put your faith in that which Jesus has done salvation will be released into your life and into your spirit and you don't have to die and go to the devil's hell because the price for your sin have been paid by Jesus. This is good news. It's not bad news. God's going to beat you. God's going to kill you. God's going to punish you. No, God does not want to punish you. God loves you and God wants to forgive you. It is the devil that wants to punish you. Are you listening now? No, this is the thing that has been preached in a lot of places and that is why so many are running away from God. God does not want you to run from him. God wants you to run to him. You must run from Satan and run to God. God is not your enemy. God is not the one plotting your downfall. God is not the one trying to kill you. The devil is the one that's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come, that you might have life. Oh my goodness. He says that you might have life notice he has not come that you might have death he has come that you might have life but not just have life but to have it more abundantly Amen. abundant life is in jesus christ Amen. come on now that is the will of god for humanity abundant life is in jesus christ and i decree and i declaring the name that's above every other name that from this day forward you will experience the abundant life of god in every area of your life Amen. And that which the devil stole from you by the grace of God shall be restored in this year, 2022. You shall know the abundance that comes only in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you believe it, give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The life that Jesus lived here on the earth reveals to us. The disposition of God the Father towards humanity. So if Jesus did not throw stone at the woman, guess what? Jesus does not throw stone at you. Oh, Pastor God, you don't know what I did last month. I may not know what you did last month, but I want you to understand that the precious blood of Jesus Christ was shed for that. And if you bring that under the blood, the blood of Jesus will wash it away. The blood of Jesus does not cover sin. The blood of Jesus does not cover it for a month or two or one year or five years, and then eventually it's uncovered, and then God begins to see just the sin you know. The blood of Jesus Christ comes and it washes your sin, and it makes you white as snow. Come now, let us rising together. Say the Lord, though your sins may be as Red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. It don't matter what you've done, my friend. Jesus Christ has come to show us that God loves you. Oh, that amen needs prayer this morning. Jesus Christ came to show us that God loves you. God loves even the worst sinner. Oh, but pastor, God will, yeah, but sin will be judged. Absolutely, sin will be judged. And the day is coming when Jesus Christ will judge. But that day is not today. Come on now, say amen. Amen. That day is not today. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of liberty. Today is a day of healing. Come on now, say amen. Today is a day of prosperity. Not a day of judgment. Now, but There is a principle of seed time and harvest. Absolutely. And we understand that principle is in motion. Don't be deceived. God's not marked for whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. He that sows into the flesh will from the flesh reap what? Corruption. But he that sows into the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So you've got a choice. To sow into the spirit. Not a sow into the flesh. Now, this is the principle. This is the law that is at work. Your seed will produce a harvest. Are you listening to me? But the day of judgment has not come. The day of judgment will come. Okay, there is a day that the Son of God will judge humanity. And you've heard me tell you that there are two places. Of judgment, I want to say two places. The first place is the judgment of the believers. Come on now, every born again child of God here this morning will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But you shall not be judged for sin. Why? Because your sin was judged on Christ. It took my sin away. I'm not a sinner. Saved by grace. Amen. I was saved by grace, so I'm no more a sinner. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Somebody needs to shout for on that one. Yeah. I, I was a sinner, but I'm no more a sinner. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. I've been saved by grace. And his grace was profusely poured out upon my life. And his grace set me free. But we shall be judged for what we've done here on the earth. Some of you might sit here this morning and say, but I've heard it before. You need to hear it again. You will be judged. God has placed you here upon the earth to accomplish divine purposes. And for the divine purpose to be accomplished, you must know how to walk in the spirit and accomplish God's purpose for your life. Because when it's all said and done, that is what will count in eternity. What has God placed you on the earth to do? God has got something for you. The sooner you find out, the better. And the sooner you step into it and begin to do it, the better for you because according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, it makes it very clear that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we shall be judged for what we've done here upon the earth. And if the fire of God burns up, all that you've done, you will go into heaven, but you will get no reward. I want you to understand that even in eternity, we shall not all be at the same level. That's a fact. So you better start laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust doth not corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the day comes when you stand before God and you you give account to to the Lord for what you've done here upon the earth. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we shall give account to him touching what we've done here on this earth, whether good or bad. So the believer is not going to be judged for sin. Because John the Baptist introduced Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And because you and I have put our faith in the work that Jesus Christ came to earth to do, you and I are saved. We are saved. I said we are saved. We we have salvation. We are being set free. We are no more bound by sin. The nature of God is is on the inside of you. You don't have the nature of sin. You have the nature of God. You don't have the nature of the devil. You have the nature of God. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. He that is born of God cannot continue in sin. Because there is a seed in that person. And that seed is the nature of God that was planted in you when you gave your life to Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new nature. Creation. Creature. Old things are passed away. The old things of the devil have all passed away. Bondage is gone. Sin is gone. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And the new has come. The new is God's divine life on the inside of the born again child of God. That's what you carry, my friends. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But God has given you some responsibilities here upon the earth. Each of us must carry out our responsibility with the purity of our hearts. Because that's what we shall present before God. If God has called you into the ministry, don't run from the ministry. If God has called you into the marketplace and God wants to use you in the marketplace and give you so much money so that you can fund the harvest of souls, do not run from it. Some people are in the marketplace, they want to be in the ministry. Some are in the ministry, they want to go to the marketplace. You've got to mind your your lane. Tell your neighbor, mind your lane. Do that which God placed you upon the earth to do. Come on now, say amen. Amen. This is important. Because when it's all said and done, that's what God's going to ask you. What have you done with what I gave you? You know the story, I believe it's in the book of, is it Matthew 25, Matthew 24, the the story of the talent? Matthew 25, right? God, the, the master gave one five talents. He gave the second guy two talents. He gave the third guy one talent. The Bible says that he gave them according to their ability. I want you to notice he did not give them according to his grace. He gave them according to their ability. Oh my goodness, somebody needs to get that. He gave to them according to their own ability. And if you want five talents, then I want you to develop your ability to handle five talents. If you want two talents, then develop your ability to handle two talents. But the guy that got one talent, we know the story at the end. The Bible says that when the master returned and the master asked them to give him account of what they've done with what he gave to them, the guy that got five talents said, you gave me five talents and I have what? Doubled. Huh? Yeah, doubled. The guy that got five talents said, I've doubled it. Now I've got Ten. Correct? And what did the master say? Well done. Everyone say well done. That's what we shall hear on that day. Come on now. Well done. Well done thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your Lord. Hey, guy number two. What have you done with what I gave you? I doubled it. Now I've got four talents. I want you to notice, the master did not say to the guy who got ta- uh, two talents and doubled it, he did not say, well, you tried. No, he said the exact same thing he said to the guy who got five. And who doubled five. Well done. one said. Well, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter now into the joy of your Lord. In actual fact, he said the same thing to the both of them. Do you know why he said the same thing to both of them? Because God is looking for faithfulness. They were both faithful with what the Lord gave them. The guy who had five was faithful with five. The guy who had two was faithful with two. Hey, look at me, my friends. Don't compare yourself with the next guy. What God gave you, focus on it and mind your lane and accomplish what God told you to accomplish. Ministers comparing themselves with other ministers. Ministers. And when you compare yourself with people, two things will happen to you. Number one, you will find people that you're better than and that will bring pride. Number two, you find people that are doing more than you and that will bring you inferiority complex. Don't ever compare yourself with anybody. You are unique. Tell somebody I'm unique. unique. See, is it not interesting that God didn't make me you? And God didn't give you my voice. Come on now, God didn't give you my gifts and my talents. We are all unique. We're all different. And God has got something special for each person. I believe that each one here is a pressing of divine destiny. There's something awesome that God wants you to accomplish to the glory of God. So that when it's all said and done, when you come before his glory, he will say unto you, Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If all you've got is one talent, my God, give it 100% of your strength. Oh, all I have is one talent. Uh, he gave the other guy five. He gave me two. He gave me, I mean, give the, guy, the other guy five, give the other one two and give me just one talent. What am I going to do with one talent? You know what? I'm just going to bury it. So the Bible says he buried the talent that the Lord, that the master gave to him. The master said, bring me the talent I gave you. He said, well, I didn't do anything with it because I know you. You are, you are a very hard man. Ripping where you did not sow. So what did you do with what I gave you? Well, I I dug into the ground and I buried it and I covered it. Wait, let me go and bring it. So he went there and brought it and gave it back to the master. And the master said, listen to two things the master said to him. The master said, thou wicked and lazy servant. Everyone say, wicked and lazy. Thou wicked and thou lazy servant. If you knew that I, I reap where I did not sow, then why didn't you take my money? At least the least thing you could do was to invest it in the bank. At least when I come back, I'll, I'll, I'll get some profit on it. I mean a little bit. The banks don't give you a lot. <laughs> Is that true? The banks don't give you a lot. Just a little bit. So give, give me, give me. So now he, he brings the one and the master said, take, the one talent from this wicked and lazy servant and give it to the guy who has ten. Give it to the one who has how many? For he that has, more shall be given. And he that does not have, even the little he has will be taken. Do something with your life. I said do something with your life. Please, don't sit around and wait. Until you get the big breakthrough. Big breakthroughs don't come until people start taking baby steps. You, you did not start running the day that your, the day your mother gave birth to you. Big breakthroughs don't come until you start taking those baby steps and start obeying God and doing the things that bring God glory, even in those little things. Is there one big faith? Then start with your small faith first. The Bible says if you're faithful with little things, God will make you a ruler over much. Come on now, say amen. amen. So that's the first judgment. And we shall all stand and give account. Everyone here must develop eternal perspective. I told you in my last previous messages, last Sunday and the Sunday before, that this world is not our home. You and I are strangers. The Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are traveling on a journey and we've got a destination. Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. And you shall bring your works, you present them before the Lord. And if your works pass through fire, then you make it with rewards. But if your works are burnt up, you will make it to heaven but with no reward. And I don't want to be in heaven with no reward. Some people say, oh, it's okay. Um, I don't mind. I just want to get into heaven. See, the, the goal is not to get into heaven. And I've said this before. The devil does not intend to stop you from going to heaven. That's not the devil's ultimate purpose. I want you to listen to what I'm telling you. The ultimate purpose of the devil is not to stop you from going to heaven. Because you that's born again cannot be stopped. Ah. The ultimate purpose of the devil is to stop you from accomplishing God's purpose. You love God, you're saved. The devil knows that. But what he wants to do is to cause you to live a useless life here. everyone shall rise up in in 2022 in jesus name praise god and then there is a judgment of unbelievers let's go there in revelation chapter 20 please judgment of unbelievers unbelievers are those who have refused to believe in jesus that's really what it is in simple definition Who is an unbeliever? He's a person that has refused to believe in what Jesus Christ did. That's an unbeliever. Have you seen Revelation 20? Let's see from verse number 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead i want said the dead small and great your social status here upon the earth will mean absolutely nothing on the other side i need you to know that lazarus died and the rich man also died Your social status here. I have money. I have a big house. I have nice cars. Will mean nothing on the other side. You don't have Christ. You have death. He that has the son. That person has life. But he that does not have the son. Does not have life. What shall it profit a man? If he gains the world but loses his soul. That is the reason why the enemy has done well in getting the believers in the church busy pursuing stuff at the expense of their spiritual lives. You talk to people about commitment to the things of God, they say, I know, but. But I'm a hustler. But I have to make money. But I have to do this, I have to do that. Listen, That's what the devil has designed because he knows that if you keep living like that, he cuts short your purpose. It says here, small and great, small and great. Now, I believe small and great here does not necessarily imply age. Because I hope you know that in the spirit there is no age age is based on the physical no age in the spirit you're not 17 years old in the spirit you're not 25 years old in the spirit there's no age you say you're 25 or you're 30 because of the day your mother gave birth to you here upon the earth and that's the day they start counting is that correct? But don't forget, the day you came out is not the day you started existing. You were existing in your mother's womb. And they didn't count the nine months. And that's the stupid thing about abortion. The whole thing, really, the whole thing about abortion is a big deal right now. It's a big deal right now. And those that are pushing the agenda for abortion are evil people. Don't shut me down preaching good. The baby in the womb is God. The baby has heartbeat. So the day your mother gives birth to you. They say oh the baby is born. They give you a birth certificate. And they say the baby was born on this particular date. And that's the day they start counting. A year later, they say, happy birthday to you. But don't forget, God said to Jeremiah, when you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. And I called you as a prophet. When you were in the womb. He said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Where was he? I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So no age in the spirit. Come on now, say amen. Amen. So each of us must understand the need to bring in the lost because they are lost and they are on their way to a lost eternity. But God wants us to preach the gospel so that they can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. But then you look at that great and small, or small and great. You can look at that as people with small social status and those with huge social status. Millionaires and multi-millionaires and people who fly on private jets and they have all kinds of stuff. By the standard of the world, they are great. And those who don't have much, by the standard of the world, they are small. But I also want to say this even with age. I want to say this. That you get to a certain age and you become accountable. That's why we must train up our children in the way they must. So that when they are old, they will not depart from it. It's important that children understand. And I want to to say this to you. They understand. At six, your child understands. At five, they understand. There are things that happened when I was a kid. And I I think I've not forgotten some of those things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So small and great standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead, I was at the dead, the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, and Uh, who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to uh, to, to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Can you see that? If your name is not in the book of life, You'll be cast into the lake of fire. But I want you to notice that it is the person that decides to go to the lake of fire. God sends nobody to hell. It is not the will of God that any would perish. The will of God is that all will come to repentance. And that is what Jesus Christ came to reveal to us. Come on now say amen. So Jesus did not come to judge. Jesus came to save. He came to save. Now, if you receive what Jesus came to do, guess what happens? He gives you salvation. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Hey, my friends, eternal life is here this morning. Eternal life is Jesus. Jesus came to show us that he wants, the Father wants you to have eternal life. Not this life of sin and life of the flesh and life of bondage, but life of freedom and liberty. That is the life that God has. And this morning, guess what? He wants to give it to you. If you don't have this life, he wants to give you this life. You don't have to leave this place the same way as you came. You don't have to leave this place with sin. You don't have to leave this place with bondage. God wants to save you. God wants to set you free. God wants to deliver you. So Jesus came to show us what the Father wants to do in your life. Can someone shout hallelujah?